Seekers. Welcome back to another episode of That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. My name's Jamie. My name is Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. Bree. What's up? There was this one time mm-hmm. I was abducted by aliens, and they took me to Dulce Base. You poor, poor thing. We decided that Jamie could get her Dulce Base episode. Yes. Finally, after she's been drooling for it mm-hmm. for decades now. Mm-hmm. Because our avid listener, Andy Borowski. Hi, beautiful. Hello, darling. She mentioned that she got the chills when we mentioned Dulce Bass on our conspiracy episode. And I thought, okay, well, for those people that don't exactly know what this whole conspiracy is, we should do an episode for them. And also, I knew that Jamie would just be ecstatic to be able to talk about it. Yeah, I'm pretty, like I said, this is my... This is my Disneyland. I I love Dulce, Dolce. There's a no, Dulce. two ways to say it. I hate Dolce. I like Dulce a lot better than Dolce. I think Dolce is a sugary snack. I believe. But Dulce can also be like a sugary. Are they both sugary snacks? Latte. Either way, it's delicious, and I I love Dulce Base. I'm probably gonna call it Dulce Air Force Base at some point, and it's not called that. And everybody calls it that. Like, anywhere you search on the internet, they all call it that. But it's actually not an Air Force base because they also have other branches of the military there. And it's just a base in general. I think that we should start from the beginning. What is the backbone of this conspiracy? What are the actual events that have occurred to lead into this crazy rabbit hole of Jamie's dark, dark gothic type of Disneyland. Yes. And in my opinion, I think in many people's opinion, the whole story starts with Paul Benowitz. Mm-hmm. 1979. Mm-hmm. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Are you setting the scene? Was it, <laughs> was it a cold September night? <laughs> so Paul Benowitz lived across the street, basically, to Kirtland Air Force Base. His house looked over the base. And Paul Benowitz was an electrical engineer, and he owned a company that was called Fender Scientific Corporation. His company, to this day, sells instruments to NASA, Boeing, Lockheed, the United States Navy, Air Force, Army. So, I mean, it still stands today. So, to me, that just proves how technically evolved his work was back in 1979. For it to still be carried out through this day, obviously he was smart and he knew what he was doing. Yeah. So Paul began to see these UFOs over the base between Kirtland and also towards Manzano. Then Paul started getting these transmissions. Yeah, these they call them electronic communications. That he started to record. And then he was able to decipher for these messages, which he thought were UFOs, either communicating to each other or also communicating to the base. Basically, Paul was led to believe that there was another base that was under the Archuleta Mesa and that it was an underground base. So he really dived into trying to really understand what was going on in this Dulce Air Force Base. Or, oh, 
Paul Benowitz um, found somebody who thought that they might have been abducted and taken to Dolce. Myrna Hansen, he arranged for her to get hypnotized, kind of like do a regression and talk about everything that happened. And under this hypnosis, she claimed that she had been abducted and her son was abducted as well. Um, and they were taken inside of Dulce base. And she said that there was like humans there and there was like these weird alien looking creatures and there were like human bodies inside of like these cold storage. Like it looked like they were frozen and they had like these large like vats of goo with like, it looked like animal parts and human parts inside of it. Did you hear that when they would do these regressions that they were super crazy about it? I feel like this is where the tinfoil hat thing comes from because I don't remember if it was exactly tinfoil or if it was like different sheets of metal, but they felt like they had to block the windows, mm -hmm. block the doors mm -hmm. because they felt like the aliens were changing what she was saying like so that the regression was actually saying what the aliens wanted them to hear. Mm. And I think this is where like the weird psychological twist starts to happen in mm -hmm. his story. But a sad story about Paul Benowitz, I think, honestly, I feel like you could do an entire episode just on his story. Yeah, absolutely. Because it just, it's so deep and it's so twisted and there's so many little things that we could talk about um, that I do think he deserves his own episode. And how devastating that dis disinformation campaign put was. on him by the government was, how it, it just completely broke him as a human being. And also, way back, oh, I, I don't even remember what episode it was. I actually said his entire story in a little snippet. Yeah, you did. I remember. I don't remember what episode, though. I don't either. But I said, you know, like a quick cap of what his story is. So maybe after this, we can kind of go into his story in another time. But let's fast forward to the 1990s when mm -hmm. Phil Schneider starts coming around. And he starts showing up in the UFO community and he starts doing these lectures about how he was a geologist and he was also an engineer to build these underground bases. But also his father was an Operation Paperclip scientist. Mm -hmm. And Dulce Base always, always comes back. That's the one thing you can count on is it always comes back to Operation Paperclip. And if you understand and know what Operation Paperclip is, it's a deep, dark rabbit hole of some fucked up shit that you don't want to know what our government did. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. that's very true. But, you know, we do always mention that they keep it in the family. It's in, always very true. And so, always with bloodlines. Yeah, so I feel like it just kind of passed down to him to be involved in these... In some way, shape, or form. Yeah, to yeah. these darker, sort of secretive situations that were going on. And mm -hmm. so he was helping to mine these underground bases. Mm -hmm. That was his job. And he did talk about over a hundred different facilities that was being mined and how all these different bases actually connect to each other. But when he became a whistleblower, it was because of this famous Dulce firefight. Mm -hmm. And what this firefight was, basically in a nutshell, is that he was sent down to excavate these type of deep caverns. And because they're looking for other areas to expand these bases. Mm -hmm. And so he was sent down there and he was met with these hostile, tall, gray aliens. And what confuses me is whether they were actually hostile, mm -hmm. if they fired first or if they did. Because I know he talks about how he was reaching for his gun and then before he knew it, it was like bullets were flown and then they were shooting back at them. And so I wonder if they really were hostile or if it was the humans that freaked out at first and then started shooting back at them. Well, I think what maybe you need to understand to people before we even continue is like what people allege is people allege that 
Dulce Base isn't necessarily just a military base. Correct. That millions of years ago, aliens came here and built this underground base, and mm-hmm. we just happened to stumble, stumble upon, upon it. it. Yeah. Because we're building a military base. Right. And that's why he was so pissed. He was so pissed because, well, one, 60 other military personnel and scientists happened to die that day. Mm-hmm. And he lost some fingers in the fight mm-hmm. but happened to survive. But he was pissed because it became evident to him that the military, the government, knew that there were these aliens that were deep underground and kind of just sent them out like guinea pigs to try out this new area. Mm -hmm. When they were met with this type of hostile environment and everyone died, that the military still didn't do anything about it. It was was another unacknowledged situation where it was like, oh, well... You know, someone we're, we're to, like, we all know something happened, but they, they refuse to say yes, it did, or yes, it didn't, or to give any information. They're just kind of like, uh. Yeah, and I think he also felt like they led them down there to be the ones to figure out whether they could continue that or not. Like, the government Like, they were already putting knew. them in there for bait. Yeah, like, they already knew that they were there. So it was like, well, let's just see if we can expand in this area and just, like, see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I think that was his big deal, is he was pissed that the government knew about that and led them there anyway Mm -hmm. and didn't do anything to protect him. Mm -hmm. And also that when he started to expand these underground bases, he realized that this was really to build an area to host the UN and this new world order. But what freaked him out was that there were these tall gray aliens that were even above the UN. Almost like it really, it seemed like these were the people that were in power, but above them were these tall aliens. Like everybody has a boss. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that ultimately, these tall gray aliens were the boss. Mm -hmm. And that freaked him out because he started to feel like we were under the control of them. Yeah. It wasn't really a situation and where we were doing these things. It was kind of like we were doing them because these tall grays were telling us or they were instructing us to to move around and do these things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's when he became a big whistleblower. And unfortunately with Phil Schneider, he turned up dead, strangled. Mm -hmm. It was made to look like a suicide. And the people, his family, his friends that loved him all said there's no way that he killed himself. And this was the very thing that he always warned about. He always said, like, they're going to kill me. And he was always saying, like, he was going to come out with even more information. And then he turned up dead. It starts to get a little weird. So, for me, when really looking into the Dulce base, the one person who's the biggest whistleblower and the biggest myth, legend, and and story has to be Thomas Edwin Costello. So, there's this dude that comes out who says that, I worked there. He was this high-level security officer. He said that he saw the horrible way they were treating people, and it was, like, so inhumane that he had to come out and say some shit about it. And all of that is super respectable until he starts to tell his weird, fucked-up, batshit crazy story until it goes into detail. So I'll start off by saying that Thomas Edwin Costello possibly is and possibly isn't a real person. Sounds like he's not a real person, but let's go ahead. It's something that has never been confirmed or denied. They say, like, in a lot of these cases that he ended up dead and the government wiped every evidence of him off of the planet Earth, and so now no one knows who he is. Or the people who do know who he is are too afraid to come out and say something about it. He was inspired 
to put out these things called the Dulce Papers. And it was like 25 to 30 different photos. They were these black and white photos and they were said to have been pictures of inside of this base. And he even had like a, a video clip that was out and there was no talking during it. It was like a black and white video and it showed some of maybe <laughs> the labs in the rooms. And then a set of like, um, like papers he maybe grabbed from a lab table or something like that that had stuff written on it. How these papers kind of got out and his his real story of how this all started is, so he's working there. He's like walking around with his little like flashlight and his little hat and his little, you know, little badge being a little security man. And he ends up wandering into a floor he maybe shouldn't have wandered into. And he saw some shit he maybe shouldn't have saw. And he ends up in one way or another getting involved with the alien resistant group. And this alien resistant group is like some of the you know, technicians that work in the lab, some of the doctors, and even some of like the reptilians and the, and the, some of the other aliens because they just like, they hate being there. And it's like this horrible, awful place where all of these horrible things happen. And so they all try to get together and they try to escape. But the problem is, is like one of the people who were in this alien resistance is a snitch and ends up <laughs> tailing, like telling all the aliens, like, this is what they're going to do. So the aliens end up ambushing them and like, murdering all of them, okay? But somehow, Thomas Edwin Costello is released. <laughs> he's like escaped somehow in this fit of bravery and he goes out and he's like, I'm gonna go public. He releases, releases this Dulce papers and then him and his family die and no one ever hears from him ever again and people don't think he existed. It's like, I could do a whole episode on his story, like all the weird details of what it is that he did. But what's important about his papers and what was released, if it's real, if it's not real, is it really goes into detail and really describes what happens there. Like the inside blueprint for what's going on inside a Dulce base. And what's going on inside there and the things he describes are so out of this world and so like weird that sometimes like when I am like reading some of it or like listening to a podcast talking about like some of the things that are in the Dulce papers, like I have to remember that sometimes real life is stranger than fiction. And that the shit that's being made up could possibly be real because of how fucking crazy it sounds. So he says like, it has all these layers, right? And you have this first this first story that you go in and it's like office buildings and it's like, you know, security offices right. or whatever. Then you go down to the second floor and the second floor is maybe housing, administrative right? or uh -huh. housing or yeah, something, yeah. you know, something a little whatever. Then you get down to that and you get down to the third floor. And then the third floor is maybe like the executive floor. And at that point, things get a little weird. And Thomas, said that what happens when you get to that third floor is anyone who goes below the third floor gets stripped completely naked and weighed. Nice. The reason being is because they want to monitor that you're not taking anything in or out or there. <laughs> so they monitor you, they weigh you completely naked, right? And then they keep track of your weight. And if you go over three pounds, they have to physically examine you to see what's going on. Like, I just had a really big breakfast. It was just, it was a rough day for me. I'm a little bloated. Okay. Then they give you like a weird uniform to wear and it depends on what your job is and what you do. Color coded. And anything past there is where things get weird. Then you have like a, a level of, you know, labs. You have a level of, you know, medical exam rooms. You have a level of There's a like a mind control level. A mind control level. There's a floor of like just gray aliens. There's a floor of just reptilians. There's a floor of ice storage for human beings that are in there. There's, you know, floors of cages where these weird creatures are. Mm -hmm. So one of the 
big things about Dulce Base and why they had this quote-unquote alien resistance rise up and try to go against them is because these horrible, weird medical experiments that they do. Mm-hmm. And the weird medical experiments that they have going on there are things like genetic manipulation, where they're taking people and trying to inject them with crazy DNA of like, who knows, a different being, an animal, like whatever they think they're doing to try to figure out something. And so they have these floors of these levels of all of these crazy weird experiments that they have. And this dude, Thomas Costello, says that he went in there and saw like the pain and anguish on these things' faces, like kill me, like this is horrible. Like, and he was like, this is just pure torture. Whatever's going on is like, it's not advancing anything. It's like a disgusting sight. I think that it's crazy, crazy story. And it's hard, like I can understand that happening. I think we've said this before that like underground is always the best place to do these types of things. Well, it's like, cause who's gonna be watching you there? Like, like if, no matter how loud you scream or what you light on fire, yeah. How do we really know what's going on? And I mean, these bases aren't like right under the surface. These things no. are like, I mean, miles and miles underground with like layers between them. Like it, this isn't like somebody's house that was built underground. Right. This is like a huge giant mega structure that you can't even begin to imagine what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the mass of it. I've seen the diagram for that too, for how deep it goes. And I'm sure, like who's to say it really stops there? And that's it's been such a long time since then, I'm sure that it just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. Oh, I imagine. And with their genetic experiments, I think it's important to note that this was also around the same time where cattle mutilation was really popping up in New Mexico. Absolutely. New Mexico was really a a hot spot for that type of thing. And I know that's also what Paul Benowitz was looking at as well, was Mm -hmm. the cattle mutilation. Not to mention, a lot of people that lived in New Mexico would talk about the fact that in their home, they felt like they could hear trains going underneath their house. Like they could hear legitimate movement. Like there was driving trains underneath their home. Uh-huh. So weird things were happening like that. Not to mention, I know a lot of the, the sheriff communities were saying how every once in a while there would be an escapee of like some type of strange hybrid being. So that it was common for them to come across these weird hybrid, messed up, straight out of an experiment botched type of being that would just be wandering around in the the wilderness, almost like if it escaped. Yeah, absolutely. So then you have to think if they're doing these crazy experiments, then yeah, occasionally, I mean, maybe something could escape and that's why, or maybe on purpose, they let it loose to see how far it can get. But what's questionable about that story is it's like, why would a security guard be able to like see all of that? So that's the big problem of it. And a lot of the information about him is on those websites I was telling you about where it's like, they're really hard to read and it's the green background. (laughs) With the white text. Or it's like the black background with like the bright green. green text and it's 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 hard to read and there's a lot going on and you have no idea if it's real or not but i think to me the reason i like it is because the more i read of it the more truth i can find of it in it because of how fucking dumb it sounds i'm just like this like something this stupid couldn't be made up like this dude probably really just ran out of this fucking place like and really he probably really fucking saw these things and we're never gonna know if he's a real person or not because that's how the shadow government works at the end of the day i feel like he's a good factor sci-fi Ooh. That is a good factor sci-fi. Okay, so here's one of my favorite parts about Dulce Base and one of its one of its main purposes. 
it is said that there was a treaty that was signed in 1954 between Eisenhower and the Gray Aliens. Mm -hmm. And the gist of this treaty was that the Gray Aliens can take a certain number of humans to do experiments on in exchange for technology. Things like lasers and whatever weird shit we use today. It's where a GPS comes from. Mm, there you go, exactly. All that kind of stuff. So what happened was is that this place was kind of, the military was allowed to come in and be a part of it because of this treaty that was going on with the government and these gray aliens that were doing the medical experience experiments. You also have to remember that there just wasn't gray aliens inside there. My favorites in the whole wide world, reptilians, which we will go into, were inside there. But the gray aliens were doing these medical experiments. This was their treaty with us, why there was a government presence there. What happened was, is that we kind of, we gave them a number and they took that number and wasn't satisfied with it. So they took more and it started to create this friction between the government and these bases down there. And so that's where this Thomas Costello story comes in, in between that time, that quote unquote alien resistance when there was this push and this fight back between the two that were going on. People didn't like how things were going and how people were being treated supposedly. And it turned into this huge situation and out of it came quote unquote Thomas Costello, allegedly. I can't say that it actually happened. I personally think that Thomas Edwin Costello is a real person, personally. Really? I have no reason to believe he's not a real person. Why is that? I don't have evidence to believe either or. <laughs> so why choose the so negative continue one? To, uh, the story of neither confirm or deny so yeah. continues. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm in. I like the story. I think it's entertaining. I'm down about it. Like, I like it. I If if this were a factor sci-fi, if, if it was Thomas Costello in general, I would sci-fi him. That's crazy. Only because, like, what he what his story talks about has already been mentioned in these other pre-people. Like, that's what Paul Benowitz so, talked about, and that's what Phil Schneider talked about. That's what, when it comes to Dulce Base, what's so important about the Thomas Costello story is at the end of the day, it really solidifies the Paul Benowitz and everybody else. When was this guy? It was in the 1980s? The Costello. 87. I think a common thread within everyone's story is pretty much like, it sort of starts out with this, yeah, this treaty, right? But I think the overwhelming theme here is that eventually we weren't in control. Maybe this started off with a handshake, but eventually they, these tall grays that they talk about kind of overwhelmed the situation. Mm -hmm. And then now we're kind of stuck in this base where people are forced to work and people are forced to do these things. And it's not really like a give and take situation anymore. Yeah, we as the military aren't necessarily there because we're trying, like we're participating. I think we're there because we're trying to conceal. Yeah, I agree. I think it, the, the, the issue of whatever's going on there has gone above our heads, and I think we can't control anything that happens there, so what we're trying to do is keep a lid on it. And it's funny, like, I'm trying to think if, if I really believe that that's still happening. That's another thing is, you know, it's it's been a long time now, mm -hmm. and I can't really imagine that if there was such a facility, if it would all of a sudden just disappear. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to think about 
if that still exists, if the same things are going on, if it's died down. Well, so I wonder if maybe all of the hoopla about it from, you know, the 70s to the 80s, basically, oh, in, even into the 90s, maybe put, like, a bad light on it. So, like, Area 51. Right. They, they like to, like, not confirm, not deny, but say, like, Maybe. Maybe. About Area 51 because I think it keeps people focused there, right? So the focus was on that. So maybe whatever was going on there was moved to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And it was moved by the underground tunnels. Yeah. I think regardless, once you go so deep underground that whatever's happening can still happen deep, deep, deep And you'll never see it. And it can still be, you know, pushed forth this base to that base to... The Los Alamos base is a really big key player, too. Um, well, and they say that there's a huge underground tunnel that goes from Dulce to, to Alamo. Los, yeah, to Los Alamos. And something that I thought was really interesting that I think down the line that you'd be like, ooh, is um, there is a, a UFO researcher, and his name is Anthony Sanchez. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book. I think his website is also the same, UFO Highway. I thought he was going to be at Contact this year. I don't know if he is. I know he's been at previous Contacts. I hope he is, because um, that would be awesome if he if he does attend, because he's really deep into the whole Dulce thing. Mm-hmm. But he had an insider that was a retired Air Force crew for a classified medical detachment group of the McLennan Air Force Base. And basically his job would be to go into these classified, like, deep military operations where he would be sent into a situation to assess and then determine the outcome. Mm -hmm. He had his own team, but for whatever reason, one day he was pulled out into sort of an impromptu team. And on the way to this base, they had no idea where they were going. It was completely classified. They were handed these debriefing documents. And on the way, he's reading these documents thinking that he's reading about these Native Americans that are in these deep caverns and they're underground. And as he continues to read the debriefing documents, he's starting to realize these are not Native Americans. These are some other type of species. These are like aliens. Mm-hmm. And that's when he enters the Dulce base. He realized that him and these other people that he was with, because they weren't his crew, they were pretty much picked, almost like cream of the crop. These people that could be put in a very intense situation, but just treat it as business as usual. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, kind of get in, get out, do your business. Mm -hmm. Then he found himself there at the Dulce base for years, and it was a fearful environment for him. Mm -hmm. And he was, like, scared to the bone. Mm -hmm. But when he did decide to come out with this story to Anthony. It was like right before he was like done. He was like going into hiding. He was like, I'm done. That freaked him out because he told him about the same things that this other person was talking about, all the horrible things that he had seen. And he was basically like being forced to work there at that point. Mm Because it's kind of like when you realize that this stuff's going on underground and it's so deep. Well, I think you, you show up for your first day and you don't necessarily know what you're getting into. But then like two weeks in, you're like, oh shit, I... I'm here. Yeah. Like, and there's nothing I can do about it. What are you going to do? Like, there's there's no one to tell. Yeah, like, what do you... This is the highest point of government, pretty much, that you could go, and mm-hmm. like, they put you here. Your whole life, all you wanted was to be at the top, and then you get there, and you're like, oh, God, no. Yeah. So he starts to tell him Dulce's being ran by these 
micronuclear reactors Mm -hmm. and starts telling him, look into this company. It's called Hyperion. This is your proof that this exists. Mm -hmm. So then he starts looking into this company and, and it's like no one knows about this company. There's like barely any evidence for this company. But then he finds out that the person that runs this company is Lady Barbara Judge, who happens to be knighted by the Queen of England herself. Okay, can I know. we, wait, <laughs> pause. Okay, hold on. So one thing we haven't talked about yet is Dulce Base has a whole lot of fucking reptilians, guys. Like on every level. And reptilians in the sense like they're the majority of what's at Dulce Base because they're things like janitors and technicians and like they're the cooks. They're the working class of what makes Dulce Base run. Now, there's also reptilians who are very high up and in charge and are doing very important things. And the reason that the reptilians are here and why they work there and and they're in this environment, they're working with the greys, is because the amount of fear that is populated inside of Dulce Base, that these reptilians, everything is there that they need. Right. to survive. They have a life. They could have a family. They're, you know, normal quote-unquote people <laughs> because they have everything they need because there's the humans that they do have there are so feared that these, right. you know, hundreds and thousands of reptilians that are there can feed whenever they want all day long, full buffet style. Full buffet style. So I find it interesting that the Queen the of England... Queen knighted this Lady Barbara judge who is in charge of this company called Hyperion that happens to sell micronuclear reactors. Mm-hmm. So he does a, a bunch of digging, and like I said, it was like almost nothing out there. And then he starts to find out that, like, wait, why would why would the queen knight this Lady Barbara judge? Well, two things this woman has. One, because she's in the nuclear reactor business and also intertwined with the international banking sector. Perfect, too. They meet perfectly. Can I, can I pause real quick and just tell you that... Blue Alien Mystic told me that most of the banks in America are all licensed and insured out of, like, Delaware. Beautiful. So, hashtag Delaware. Delaware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's interesting is he goes into finding out, like, what the hell is this company? And he finds out that they only have a tiny few. It's like three or four locations that they sell these micronuclear reaction- reactors to. Nothing else, okay? Okay. I'm going to tell you the few. Okay, the few places? The few places. Okay. One, Los Alamos. Mm. Two is London's financial capital. Mm-hmm. And the other one that you're going to love so dearly. Oh, my God, what? Is this little building that is adjacent to the Denver National Airport. Shut the front door. So, so are you telling me that there's a possibility that... This company is also supplying the Denver International Airport yep. with these, what are they? Mini these reactors? micro-nuclear oh, reactors. Micro-nuclear reactors. Yes. And there's also a very large possibility that both of these structures that are alleged to have huge underground structures mm-hmm. beneath them, mm-hmm. there could be a possibility that there's a tunnel connecting the two of them. This company, Hyperion, is <clears throat> the company that is supplying their energy sources. To both of these how things. Is it, how is it in the world that he names, look into this company that basically looks like it doesn't exist? Mm-hmm. And the fact that this woman that runs it happens to be knighted by the queen because of these two big things that she's linked to. And the only places that this company even supplies to are these two different areas that are known. 
known for being underground London, bases. England. Their financial capital. The fact is that they're these huge places that we know that have the potential world. to have huge underground bases huge beneath them. Huge underground bases. And since then, they've changed their name to Gen 4, but it's still a private company. Owned like by the still, same woman? Yeah, but you still can't find out any much any information. I even tried looking up about the Gen 4 thing. It's like nothing. It says that their headquarters is Denver, Ugh, of Colorado. Course. Of course. But yeah, they were founded in New Mexico. So it's just... Oh, isn't that interesting? It's just like perfect. Isn't that interesting, New Mexico? Yeah. So it's like those little things that this guy, he like connected the dots and I thought, oh my God, Jamie's going to love this because Denver Airport also happens to give her a boner. So this it is does. like the two things There's something that about like, underground bases that like give me a big, hard fucking stiff one. Yeah. Absolutely. But I thought like this is to... For me, I feel like if I were him, I'd be like, holy shit, this is this itty-bitty little thing that, like, no one knows about. Like, you could, no one even knew about this So here's company. my question. So this company, so Gen 4, you can't, like, type in Gen 4 on... You can type Gen 4 on, like, let's say Wikipedia. Okay. And you'll get, like, baby information that they're Do they have a website? These. I don't know if they have a website. So, like, let's but say you can, that... It does say, like, it's private, let's, doing nuclear... Let's say that I wanted to buy... No. One, let's just say I had all the money in the world no. and all the power and I wanted to buy it. No. Like, how would I, if they don't even have, like, a website, how do I contact them to they do it? They might have a website, but I think they're not interested. I think they're severely deep, deep, like deep they, Like, they are good. Like, they have their three people that they supply to and they're good off of that for like the rest of their life. They don't fucks with nobody else. Like, do you think maybe the people the there, do they, they even go to work name. every day? They change their name. But Why? Because of the, this guy found after, out about all after this? After this, like, Hyperion hype, they changed their name to the Gen 4, but still, there's not much information you can and find out about Do a them. lot of people not know that they changed their name to Gen 4? I don't think so. Hmm. And but I did click on something, and at very small writing, it was like, Hyperion Energy something, Gen 4. So it's just, it's interesting. It's like the itty bitty details where you can connect those dots mm-hmm. and see like there's actual like substance to this story. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's at, as absurd as some people claim, yeah, there's still no matter what, there's a deep rooted basis that has to be true here. It has yeah, to be true You have here. to remember that our government is a fucked up institution that's done a lot of fucked up shit that you wouldn't ever imagine or believe they would do and they've done. So you have to understand that all of this shit is just a weird possibility. And maybe it's not this. Statistically, it's probably not because statistically, it's probably something we're never even going to be able to talk about. Fuck off with statistics. I know, I know, I know. But there's something going on there and the possibility of whatever it is is what I love about it. That's why I also love the Denver airport. It's this thing where I'm never going to know what it is. No one's really going to ever know what it is, but that's what I love about it because I can rabbit hole in a million different directions with Mm -hmm. these things and come out with the craziest fucking shit. Yeah, and I think that's why I think we should also just maybe just go deep into underground bases in general because I think it's interesting that a lot of the roots for how they even came about were these individual stories of people that have such incredible credibility, mm-hmm. like Paul Benowitz. He has such incredible, like, his background and what he did and this horrible story that happened to him, and it's been known, like, the CIA is like, yeah, sorry, this thing happened and it's fucked up. So it's, like, little things like that. This isn't just some crazy crazy conspiracy like if we didn't know any background 
let's say we didn't know about any of these people that came out that mm-hmm. had like legitimate backgrounds that were involved. Just, we didn't know even the nuclear just thing. Just the dots and the connections is enough. Is to enough know for me to be like some shit's going on. Something. There's no way that. It could be birthed on its own just off of plain conspiracy it's, from someone's Yeah, ass. and it's not just coincidence. No way. Well, one, I always say I'm not a fan of coincidence. But mm-hmm. I think that especially with, like, really good UFO researchers, they look for the bullshit. It's almost like their first job is to pick the bullshit and say no. And get it out true. of the way. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And when you find these people that are like, all that's bullshit, but look at this. This is undeniable. Like, this is it. For me, I don't know why, but even just a little nuclear plug that connects those two together and how elusive this nuclear reactive company is, Mm -hmm. to me, I'm like, there's something fishy. To me, there's something that plugs those two together with both of their strange-ass backgrounds. No, and it makes you want to go down that rabbit hole. Absolutely. There's just no way that it's like, I mean, come on, if a company was that big, they would be, like, given to everybody. They'd Mm -hmm. be like, you get a nuclear reactor and you get a nuclear reactor. Well, and if that was the case, why don't we have nuclear reactors deep underground all over the place supplying power you know what I mean? Instead of yeah. burning through fossil fuels. And I and I read um, one of the stories I was looking into on there. Um, I don't know what. I don't think I landed on a website. I think I was just looking up all over the for the company. Mm-hmm. And it was like these stories from way back in the day. Like, oh yeah, they'll make these little things to supply your home. But it's like these old stories. Mm-hmm. They're saying that it could be possible for the public for so long. Yet it's not possible for the public. So you're saying that they're way back in the day, their initial concept of the idea was that it was going to be for like people's homes and things that you could use. I think that's their fluff story. Oh, I think that's, that's their, their bullshit story. That's their bullshit that is they're that, putting out there. I think that like every few years they're like, oh yeah, we're working for these things to like power your homes. And like 2013, like you'll run off of these. You just buy this little thing and it'll supply your home. Mm-hmm. I think they just come out with these bullshit stories yet they remain a private company. Mm-hmm. They remain these people that only supply to the select few. Mm-hmm. And these select few are these big conspiracy hyped places. Yeah. Like, come on. I, come I, on. I, I'm right there. I'm, I'm a fan of it. I fucking like it. It's fucking, it's crazy. So here's what I think. I think we're going to wrap up here. Why I want to kind of wrap up, start to wrap up the episode here is because I want to say to you guys, we cannot go into a four hour long episode about this because we could talk a long time about all the nuances of this. We're trying to kind of skim over the top of it for you so maybe you guys can start to grasp it. And as always, what we want is for you guys to do your own research. We don't want to just tell you the story and you believe whatever it is we say. We want you guys to dig down into these rabbit holes and come to your own conclusions because that's how we get a higher consciousness. We're all all of us are asking questions. Dig deep. Do it with caution. Probably smoke a little weed before you do it. Maybe I think we should get into underground bases and maybe we should even get into the really horrible stories of disinformation and the UFO community and the poor people that have honestly suffered their yeah, lives. Yeah, the gaslighting that happens b- with these people. Their lives. Yeah, 100%. Let's get into my favorite part of the episode. Ooh. Factor Sci-Fi. Factor Sci-Fi. 
So guys, I don't have a factor sci-fi this week, <laughs> but here's what I'm gonna take this opportunity to say to you guys, and we're gonna be changing factor sci-fi a little bit. We are? Yeah. Oh, I'm new to the crowd, so. So, factor sci-fi is gonna be purely based on our Patreon subscribers what? and their suggestions for factor sci-fi. Oh shit, Jamie. You guys can come in and you guys can give me factor sci-fis. We'll put up a poll, one every week, week. I'll pick a different person every week to do it. And you guys are going to vote and we're going to read your guys' votes on air and we're going to talk about the topics you guys want to factor sci-fi. But, but can we quickly though, can we just like factor sci-fi one of the Dulce stories? Because I'm still on the edge. Of Costello? I'm so on the edge. I don't know if it's like, if it's Dulce in general or if it's just Costello. I fact him right off the bat. You fact Costello. Yeah, 100%. I believe he was a real person. I believe, I believe his weird fucking story. I think I still sci-fi Costello. Okay, you're not even going to middle bitch it? You're going to go straight sci-fi? I'm just a straight sci-fi him. Wow. Speaking of middle bitch, if you guys want a middle bitch sticker, shout us out. Let us know. You guys, when I post weird pictures of stickers, tell me which ones you like because then I'll make more of them. Yeah, give us some good ideas. And if you want your face on a sticker, let us know. We'll let us know. We'll on one. Yeah. 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 So I think on our Patreon, we're going to start posting like the things that we're making and so that you guys can vote on them and let us know what you guys want because then we'll make them for you. And even if you're not going to, you know, donate to us monthly, at least go check out the page, guys. Go peep it. There are some things that we will be posting on there that will be for everyone. It's, you know, not just for people who pay money. We're also going to be releasing a few extra things here and there for people. So be on the lookout for that and check that out. You can always message us on there. And there's like, it's basically like a Facebook almost. You can make comments, there's posts. It's all sorts of cute little things. It's like a Facebook that we'll actually check. Yeah, like we'll actually use it. Because maybe we know how to. Because we do. I feel like Patreon, I f the page in general, I feel like I can more navigate through Facebook. Why is it that ever since I stopped using Facebook that now I don't know how it's to so use it? It's so confusing, like, yeah. what Because it's changed so much. So to switch things up a bit, let's get into our conscious quote of the day. The softer side of Sears. Okay, so I'm going to do our conscious quote today because I just have one here by someone named Terrence McKenna. I have no idea who that is. Bree's shaking her head like I know this bitch. <laughs> Perfect. You know who she is. So it's, I think they are aliens, but I think they can only reach us through our minds. They don't cross the universe in ships of titanium. They don't even project holograms of themselves into the desert air. They come through the human mind. <laughs> I was like waiting, I was like, the mind. Bree knows this I'm quote. Like, I know this quote. <laughs> I think it's genius because I think it's life. It gives me the chills. Do you see this? Yeah. I got the chills. I do. But I think it's true. When I read this, I immediately thought of Brie. I screenshotted it and didn't send it to her because I wanted to keep it in my pocket in case she never had I a conscious like quote of the day. I already saved it on probably either my and personal or I don't but know. But I liked it because I think that a lot of mine and yours experiences aren't necessarily physical and a lot more mental. Mental. But not in like you're crazy. But not in a crazy way. No, it's just sometimes you can travel to another place in your mind you don't you, it's not your physical body you're more than just your physical body absolutely and if like if you want to even involve quantum entanglement it would be like your mind really could expand across the cosmos and no matter what you mentally can always collect the same information that is all the way into the opposite side of the galaxy opposite side of the universe mm -hmm. that there's always that connection so therefore any being, anything can connect with itself simultaneously. Absolutely. It's genius and it's beautiful and I love the quote and I'm 
so grateful that you did our conscious quote of the day. Heyo. All right. Are you ready for both of our favorite fucking part of the episode? Shout out. You're the best listeners. DJ Khaled. I love that. You're the best listener. You're the best. Okay, right off the top, why don't we shout out our very first Patreon <gasps> subscriber. Yan Yan. Yan, my future husband Ooh. from across the pond. Oh, totally, across the pond. Who's from it. France. Can you tell me how bad our accents are? Uh, can you do a French accent? Parlez-vous français? Je ne sais pas. No, je ne sais pas what I said. I don't know. Oh. I don't know if I do a good French accent. Okay, so I took French for two years. And I failed it twice. That's <laughs> <laughs> so for your for your um, wonderful subscription. We are gonna butcher your native tongue. <laughs> and merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. Uh, we love you. I can't wait to start planning the wedding with you. Me either. Um, a lot of wine and not a lot of people because I hate everybody. But we love the du fromage. Cheese. Yes. Oh, are you telling me that my whole entire and wedding frites? will be... Frites. What's frites? Fries. Ooh. You know, I'm a sucker for fucking cheese and fries. I know. Fucking potatoes every fucking time. But that's a... So we love you. You're the best. We're now going to shout you out every episode. I hope you know that you literally made my day. Like, I think I jumped, like, mini jumped around in a circle. I went, like, like, in an entire circle, like a dogwood, like, dancing for a treat. Also, shout out to Brian Jackson's return. So. Like, return of the Jedi. Return of Brian Jackson. Our prayers were answered. Sweet angels back. We prayed. He's back. He's been sending us videos. He's talking to us every day. He got our package in the mail. I mean, everything's wonderful with him. Everything's great again. Yeah. Two schmucks, no fucks. Hey, guys. Are y'all back, too? Are you around? What's going on? Two schmucks back. All right. All right. Shout out to one gram. Drew. Boo-boo. Boo-boo. Shout out to my mom. She's not listening, but I just want to say hi, mom. Speaking of not listening, shout out to Jesse Montez, that little waffle maker. Um, You haven't talked to me all week because our friendship is one-sided. But thank you so much for sending me a picture of a frosted mini weeds. Cause like you get me. <laughs> uh, shout out to AP. We love you. We love you, AP. You're the best. Thank you, other tradition. Um, shout out to Mike and EK, who we were on oh, their yeah. podcast. Uh, Tinfoil. Yeah. What was it? Tinfoil enthusiasts. Yeah. It's a joint venture between uh, Mike and EK. Uh, they come from you know radio backgrounds, and you know Mike has a podcast, The Great Geek Refuge. And they started a little side project called Tinfoil Enthusiast, and we were on their first episode of it. And we talked a little conspiracy theories. Shout out to Destiny from Sace. I love you. You're we beautiful. You, um, I just, I, I think that you're a beautiful, wonderful soul, and I love how much you share with us. And I yeah. love that our episodes really resonate with you. And we, we hope that we always say something that hits you somewhere. Yeah, and keep messaging us. I can't tell you how much I love that people message us and just tell me. Like people are like, oh this part in the episode was like this hit me or like this part I love I totally, that yeah so at the same time now that we're on that shout out to Ollie V shout out to Veronica for messaging us and telling us hey we're both on that number eight life. She also struggled with the number eight, and now we're like See, and Destiny taking was, that eight to infinity. Destiny had both the same numbers as me. No way. Yeah. See, like, she what are was, the odds of that? She was a seven and eleven. <gasps> 
You guys are like fast apps. Twins, but her birthday's in June. That's I know. cool though. But I like it. But Me I, too. The Does, exact is she same. like a cancer? Yes. Yeah? She's yeah, on the she, cancer side or like the Gemini side? No, she's on the cancer side. Awesome. The cancer, I get along with cancer. She's I don't. Scorpio. My brother's a Gemini. My mom's a cancer. Ooh, close. I know. Um, Shout out to Raya. Raya. Shout out to Raya. Baby girl. Baby. We're like literally a month Soon. away. We are. We're literally a month away. Holy shit. We are I, one month I away. I said a month away two months ago because I was like mentally a month and now I'm like, oh my God. It's, it's like really right a month. Corner. It's like one of those things when you've been waiting for it for so long and then when you actually get close, you think, holy shit, it's like right there. It's right fucking there. I can't wait to see her. I'm going to like snuggle her so hard. I know. Shout out to Oscar, Oscar 408. Again, for the millionth time, go ahead, send us a, uh, send us an address. At, and can we also shout out to Benji Loves You. Hi, Benji Boo Boo. Thank you so much. We still reminisce on your package. Con- Letter. We hope you listened to the last episode and you enjoyed your little shout out. Yeah, because we love you dearly. We also love Designs by Perry, John. Hey, John. We love you dearly and your creative soul. Also to Blue Alien Mystic. I still listen to your music every day and I sing along. And sometimes I feel like I should record myself doing that. So maybe you guys will know that I actually do love your music just as much as I love you. Also to Not Your Passage Podcast. Haven't chat with you in a while, but we still love you dearly. Absolutely. And shout out to everybody else who messages us. We are always going to forget people when we shout out. So, so make sure you aggressively DM us so that we get your name inside yeah. of there. Forgot so we bitch. don't forget. Uh, usually I have a nice list of everyone we shout out and I don't have it tonight. We're so if we forgot sometimes. you, we love you. Don't we worry. You we'll get you next time. Carry through the week. Yeah. Live life the best you can. Yeah. Remember that there's more to you than what meets the eye and we're all connected in the cosmos and we will meet again. So follow us at that one time I was abducted on Instagram. Drop us an email at that one time I was abducted at gmail.com. Please, please go to patreon.com backslash that one time I was abducted by aliens. Check us out. Maybe donate some money to us. Whatever your soul feels is right. And uh, follow us on all other social media platforms platforms that we don't use. Oh, Jesus Christ. Every time. Um, shout out to Mountain View, California. You're you the can bomb. Go fuck yourself. Make yourself a delicious ice cream and I will eat it with you joyfully. Good night, guys. Love you. Love you guys. Good night. For a dollar more a month, that's nothing. True. And they're going to... cheaper than your average cup of coffee. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Baby girl, I'm blue. Where's that song from? Because you treat me like shit. Uh, I Uh. paid for the bed but never even slept in it. You don't... Oh, wait. Is this um, your tubby bubby? Mm Mm-hmm. Action Bronson. Yeah, to tell Bobby. The love of my life, the only person who I really truly want to spend the rest of my life with. I mean, either him or Neil deGrasse Tyson. And Neil deGrasse Tyson's happily married, so I think my only option is Action Bronson currently. I like how you have three note cards and I have five pages of just information. Honestly, this was off the top of my head, too. This I like is what it. I remember, but the problem is I feel like later on in the day I forget. Where you're going. And I should have made keynotes because I'd have to stop and read this anyway, which isn't really... It's not that useful? Yeah, I don't think this is useful to me whatsoever, actually. Probably not.